tonight's episode of the podcast, I talk Chris Sale's return. I look at the AFC North. I talk NFL preseason and the returning English Premier League. And I look at the first two rounds of the Wyndham Championship. This is the Dream. Saturday, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the podcast. I hope everyone had a good week. Definitely was a nice, beautiful day today. I kind of wish I was out playing golf, but I was stuck indoors doing some work. Uh, but overall, it has been a good week. Why has it also been a good week? Well, the first week of preseason for the NFL has started. English Premier League has kicked off as well, and also Chris Sale returned today with the Boston Red Sox, and as well as I will be discussing the AFC North uh, today as well, and also talking golf and the usuals. Uh, but again, uh, NFL preseason kicked off. Well, not well. It kicked off last week, but the pr- first week of the preseason preseason was this week. Kicked off Thursday, so we had a lot of interesting matchups that day. Uh, we had Washington play the Patriots, Steelers, and the Eagles, and then Friday we had Titans, Falcons, Bills, Lions, Cowboys, and Cardinals, and we had the Dolphins playing the Bears earlier this afternoon as well as the Broncos and the Vikings playing. So it definitely has been exciting to see the NFL has returned. And going forward, I will be doing episodes dedicated to each division until the season started. And I'll do what I did last year when I did my first episodes, was basically make my predictions, who I'm liking for each division, wild cards, uh, everything that I'm looking here, uh, sleepers, my predictions, Super Bowl, all that stuff. That's what I'm looking at uh, in the next couple weeks. Uh, for the episode so it's definitely going to be exciting lots of questions to be answered Uh, we're definitely looking at the Saints what's the story with the quarterback situation Broncos can Drew Locke finally you know go up there or will be Teddy Bridgewater Uh, the Bills can they take a step and go to the Super Bowl Lamar Jackson can he actually get them to a title game Can the Chiefs go back again to the Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady? Are the Broncos going to be going there? Um, That's some questions there. What's the NFC East going to look like with Prescott there? Jalen Hurts now starting for the Eagles. You know, Daniel Jones. What's he going to be doing? Washington football team. What are they specifically doing? That's a lot of questions for that division. So I can talk about all the divisions today if I wanted to, but I'd probably be here for at least 24 hours trying to do in-depth analysis. But the NFL preseason is always good. Uh, I know a lot of people don't see the full starters until week three of it. Uh, The Bears today had their rookie quarterback going for a little bit and went for about two quarters. Justin Fields had a good game from what I saw. Definitely looked very, very good. The game itself wasn't the best, but I did like what I saw from Fields. 14 of 20, 142 yards, one TD. So Definitely looked good. And then when you're looking at the QBs on his roster that he's being compared to, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, it's, you know, it's kind of night and day when we look at it here. Uh, Fields brings a little bit more to the team, especially with his mobility, his arm. We all saw what he did in college. We saw what he did with Ohio State. Yes, he faced some good competition uh, when it came down to it. 
but it is what it is. Like, I knew Ohio didn't have a chance against Alabama, but they definitely showed that they can, they can compete. We saw them battle it out uh, with some of those teams, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, but again, Fields does bring some more dynamic probably to the Bears. Matt Nagy's probably excited. Um, the question is who's going to be the starter. I think it's leaning towards Dalton to start, and then you bring in Fields to see what he can do. Uh, but I definitely did like it with him today, but I know it's the first preseason game, but this is stuff that you kind of want to see what he can do. Uh, but definitely looking forward to what a guy like Fields can do. did like him in college, but he definitely needs some, you know, developmenting. I'm sorry, development. He uh, definitely needs to grow. We definitely need to see some of those skills be harnessed a little bit. We know what he can do with the big arm and move, but it's accuracy, it's consistency, it's, you know, finding those small plays and making sure not to be holding onto the ball. That's what we're looking at here. But definitely an exciting week. My Colts play tomorrow. Uh, they're playing the Carolina Panthers. That has been exciting, I guess, with updates. Uh, Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson look like they're on pace to be starting for week one. Uh, definitely looks like their surgeries were successful. Definitely helped out everything uh, going forward. So they definitely look like they're on pace. So it looks like the Colts may have a starting roster. Uh, sorry, sorry, they're starting quarterback and starting left guard. And a lot of people were questioning what will be happening during the preseason, the backup quarterbacks. And if Wentz doesn't go for the first two games, who are they looking at here? Uh, Jacob Eason is starting tomorrow for the game. Uh, Sam Ellinger, who I have liked. I've been following him a little bit when his college career, back when he was playing for Texas. Jacoby Eason, or sorry, Jacob Eason. I don't know why I said Jacoby. I kind of do miss Jacoby Brissett. Played okay with my Dolphins today, but going back to Jacob Eason, who the Colts drafted last year. Sam Ellinger, they drafted this year. So Ellinger I did like uh, when he played for Texas. I remember his rookies, well, his first season when he took over as a starter with Texas. Uh, one of his big first starts was when he started against USC and went into double overtime. SC ended up winning that, but that was a good matchup. That was a great game. I remember exactly, but we'll see how that goes. But Ellinger has been, you know, kind of been performing well in preseason, not preseason, so training camp, kind of outshining Easton. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what tomorrow's games brings. So we'll definitely be talking about that on Monday, but definitely looking forward to that. So definitely exciting with this first week. We'll be seeing how all the draftees are going to be doing. Will there be any undrafted sleepers? It's definitely going to be exciting uh, to see. Uh, now going over, uh, sticking away from football for a bit, Chris Sale has returned to Boston, which I'm very excited. Now, he hasn't been, you know, available for the last year and a half. You know, he had Tommy John surgery, been recovering since. They were expecting him to have him return before the All-Star break, which was we were hoping for. Uh, but today they returned. Uh, it was definitely exciting to see Chris Sale uh, in the Red Sox winning 16-2 against Baltimore. I know it's the, it's the Orioles. I almost said Ravens. Uh, I will be talking about those guys. Uh, later on but you know having sale back brings a boost to it the bats came alive today the question is now as we're getting deeper and deeper into the race to October uh, it's competing against Tampa it's trying to slow down the Jays from catching up you gotta beat out the Yankees it's definitely a race for the division because it's gonna be tough we have hopefully we can secure the wild card spot it's gonna be battle 
with that wild card spot. So it's it's the race is now starting to get hot, starting to get interesting. But again, seeing Sale there did help. He did look good. Eight Ks today. Uh, they only gave up the two runs. So, you know, Sale gets the W. He gets that win. Good to have that first win back. And it's good when it's against a team that's not as strong. Red Sox are back against tomorrow. Eduardo Rodriguez. So now when you're looking at the Red Sox, the pitching core, you have your ace back, you have Nathan Ovaldi, you have Eduardo Rodriguez as your one, two, and three. You're probably going to switch Ovaldi and Rodrigo, uh, Rodriguez to get, uh, for two and three. So there's your starting three, and then you have your yeah, uh, Prita as your starting, as your number two, So or sorry, as your number four. So that's not a bad one, and then you got to look at your fifth, and, and then you come down to the final game. So it's looking like a nice pitching core. And then we need to work on the relief. Closing has been an issue the last couple of games. But, hey, this is the first time all season that the Red Sox have been in a stink. But I did talk about in previous episodes that as much as it's great where teams are at the start of the All-Star, it's mattering what's now happening after. And this is where you see the contenders, the pretenders, who's slipping off, who's going to be taken away. Where are we going to be seeing here? And I know a lot of people are like, oh, your Red Sox have been great. I have had my questions. I had my doubts at the beginning of the year, and my doubt was going to be the pitching. What was it going to be like? Was it going to struggle? And kind of seeing everything after the All-Star break, everything that I was worried about at the beginning of the season, coming into the season, was there. The question marks that were there. Now, if Sale was back earlier, would that have changed my doubts? Yes, because I didn't, well, no, actually probably wouldn't, because I did not know which Chris Sale was going to be showing up come June. And it's great that he played today, and you know what, it's amazing, it's awesome. Uh, but again, it's it's tough. It's tough to really judge, and you know what, it's great that we beat the Orioles. It's great that we dominated them. The Bats have come alive the last two game, last couple of games. They lost to Tampa the other night. Uh, 8-1 after the night before they put up 20 runs on them. So two nights, double digits, uh, 10 plus, or sorry, 15 plus runs, 20 against Tampa, 16 today. So it's definitely, you know, exciting to see the bats finally show up. We'll see what it brings for the next few weeks, because this is what it is. It's, it's coming down to it. This is where everything starts being put on. So we'll see what my Red Sox are going to be doing. It's definitely going to be intriguing in baseball as well. The Giants and the Dodgers are having a race for themselves too for that division in the uh, in the NL. So we'll see how that goes there as well. You're having two great teams, and the Padres are not too far off either. So we'll see what's going to happen, but it's definitely been exciting to have this all work out. I'm going to go over to a little bit of PGA just to catch up on that because it's been a while since I really discussed some golf, not really much since the Olympics. Uh, so broke that down. Didn't really catch up on it before, but we do have the Wyndham Championship going on as we speak. Um, definitely, you know, not a bad one. When I checked it earlier, we had a couple Canadians uh, getting in there. I'm just having the leaderboard pulled up just to catch up with what's happened uh, after round three uh, going on there. So as I'm pulling it up, uh, definitely exciting. So we have... Uh, Russell Henley, who's in the lead with 15 under. Uh, McCumber, 12 under. Brandon Grace, 11 under. Canadian Roger Sloan, yes, the same guy who I kept calling Ryan Sloan, uh, is at 11 under. So just four strokes back off the lead. 
And then we have Kevin Kisner, Kevin Na, Scotty Pierce there as well. And checking the other Canadians, Adam Hadwin's only about six shots back. Uh, we have Mackenzie Hughes, who's about eight. Uh, and then let's just check. I believe we have one more. Yes, Michael Gillick. He's at one under. So I don't think we're going to be seeing seeing him uh, in catching up to that. But it would be good, good for Roger Sloan to see what he can do. It, it would be. He's only uh, four shots back. So he's going to definitely need a big day tomorrow. Similar to what he did today. He went six under uh, for the round. Definitely an impressive back-to-back. Uh, 64-64. Definitely showing that, especially when he started off with a 71 on his first round. So we'll see. And then Kevin Kisner. We know what he's capable of, Kisner. We've seen him win before on tour. Uh, but we'll see. It's definitely going to be great. We're definitely going to see the pairings. Uh, Henley and McCumber should be together. And then you got Grace and Sloan. And then you're going to have Kisner and Na. And then uh, Sabatini, uh, silver medalist from the Olympics. We'll see what he does. It looks like he'll probably be uh, paired with Adam Scott. So definitely going to be exciting for the Wyndham Championship. Who do I like? I'm going to take with the Canadian. I'm going to go with Roger Sloan. Let's see if he can do the comeback. Can he take it, the lead away? So he, he does play very well. He is a very talented golfer. But maybe he's the one. Maybe he gets a six under. Maybe he gets seven under. Maybe we have a big day from the Canadian tomorrow. And he captures the win. I've been rooting for us to get some wins majors definitely have been exciting as well but again we we definitely do uh need this and need it pretty big for uh, men's golf especially with the way everything has been uh struggling for the last couple weeks especially at majors not really closing out and you know the olympics were not really the best showing for our canadians uh we were there we had chances to get closer uh cory connors was there but again definitely a struggle when it came to majors and big events so we'll see what roger sloan does uh, tomorrow let's hope that he gets the w it would be a great win it really really would uh so one thing i'm going to also do which i haven't done in about a week or so is my picks uh my usual five i've mixed it up i do have an nfl game on there only one game on the docket tomorrow that's my colts versus panthers and then we have Man City versus Tottenham, Red Sox versus Orioles, Jays versus the uh, Mariners, and the Dodgers and the Mets. Uh, if you've also seen uh, in the recent articles, Noah Syndergaard giving his opinion about the MLB changing the schedule and affecting this and this and this. It's kind of funny to read, but it is what it is. But, you know, tomorrow night is the big uh, Sunday night ESPN Dodgers versus Mets. So make sure you get to check out that. So my five games, uh, so I'm liking the Colts versus the Panthers. I'm liking Man City versus Tottenham. I'm liking my Red Sox versus the Orioles. I'm going with the Blue Jays against the Mariners. And let's go with the Dodgers versus the Mets. We'll see how that goes. It's been a while uh, since I've done it. Uh, the last couple weeks was 3-2. and two. Definitely really need to catch up on what my record is. Uh, but definitely excited to see how this plays out. So again, let's hope for a 5-0 and record. I'm really hoping for that, uh, so definitely hoping for that to play out. Uh, one thing I do want to mention uh, as we continue on, I know NBA Summer League is going on, which is great. Uh, we're seeing a lot of the rookie classes. One player that has been standing out for rookie has definitely been our draft pick, Scotty Barnes. He has been looking phenomenally. I know it's Summer League, but again, he is showing his impact. 
as well. Precious, uh, who we traded from uh, Miami with the Kyle Lowry trade. He's been looking phenomenal as well in his couple games. So, and again, uh, one player to look at is Ishmael. He has been playing very, very well too. So, Summer League has been great. And one guy too, Malachi Flynn. Definitely seen some growth from last year to this year. We'll see what the regular season brings. That's what it is. We have NBA preseason uh, kicking off in, I believe, in September, October. We'll see a couple games there. We'll see how the Raptors look. It's going to be a lot of question marks. Again, I've talked about the Raptors before the center. But again, I'll worry about that when we get closer and closer to the season starting. I do not want to take away what Scotty Barnes has done. Uh, he definitely looked impressive in Summer League, uh, averaging double digits and points. The one game, low on the points, only had eight boasts. The five blocks, it just amazed me. His defensive mind and skill has just been incredible. So definitely someone who can, you know, meet and be there uh, and fits that defensive scheme that the Raptors have. So Scotty Barnes is... He's looking good right now. That's what I'm just trying to say. He is looking, looking very, very good this season. Or sorry, this summer league. It's all different when it comes to the NBA. That's what I'm leaning towards when the regular season starts. We'll see what Scotty Barnes can do. But he is looking very good. Malachi Flynn has been great. Precious uh, as well. And also Ishmael, who had a nice uh, game as well, breakout game. So I am liking that. So it is... It is exciting to have that. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And I believe I did talk about it a little bit before, earlier on. English Premier League is back. Uh, Manchester United with a big win against Leeds United, 5-1. It is good to see soccer back. I do have Tottenham and Manchester City as one of my picks. So I will be discussing that. I'll catch up a little bit more on Monday as well with English Premier League as we're finishing off the remainder of the matches. But definitely good to have soccer back. So definitely going to be good to talk about that. And again, I will be doing like I did last year, breaking everything down. And when we get to the other tournaments, Champions League, Europa, FA Cup, all that, when it comes closer to it, that will be exciting too. Because, you know, as much as we have all the participants in those tournaments, the groupings have not been announced. So definitely going to be looking forward to having this all ready to go for the soccer season and also be catching up on MLS as well. So Monday, catching up on more EPL, MLS, uh, and also other leagues as well as they're getting ready to go. Because again, I mentioned Lionel Messi is now with Paris Saint-Germain. So we'll see how that team is going to be looking, especially with Champions League. It's definitely going to be exciting as well. So uh, what I'm going to be doing tonight is I'm going to be discussing NFL. Uh, looking at divisions, I mentioned it earlier when I had my nice little talk about the NFL preseason, but I will be breaking down every division, uh, starting with the AFC North tonight. Uh, so I'll be looking at the Steelers, Ravens, Browns, and also the Bengals. So definitely looking forward to this division. It's definitely going to be an intriguing division. Is this going to be the best division in the AFC? Hard to say. It's going to be the toughest one. I will leave that to it. I will go there as probably the toughest division this season. Um, you know, the East, you have the Bills, who are probably going to be the favorites, the Chiefs. And when we're looking at the AFC South, it's probably going to be a toss-up between the Titans and we're looking at the Colts. That's what we're looking at here. And we'll see what Trevor Lawrence does with Jacksonville. But tonight, it is about the AFC North. And that's what we're here to discuss. And I will be doing a top 10 tonight, uh, top 10 
or sorry, 10 players to watch uh, for the AFC North. I have them there. You'll have some groupings there, which, you know, I've been a fan of doing the groupings here and there, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see. And then when I'm done with all the divisions, I'm going to be doing my picks, my division winners, my wildcard picks, my dark horses, and as well as I'm going to lead everything down to what the Super Bowl picks will be. Who am I liking? And I will be determining a winner. All done before the kickoff of the first game, which is Thursday night. So definitely going to be exciting to talk about. So let's kick it off with the discussion of the AFC North, looking at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Baltimore has had a good, good time. Like a good, sorry, not a good time. They've had a good uh, season since Lamar Jackson has come in. I'm not taking that away. Lamar Jackson, he is QB1. He is this team. Now, the question is, can this offense stop being so focused on running and one-dimensional that they can finally get into uh, a passing game or at least put the equivalent of a uh, passing attack for their offense? Because that's the one thing that has been, you know, holding this team back. As much as we've seen... You know, Lamar Jackson winning that first game last year, which is incredible. It, it really has been. Uh, what are we going to uh, see? So I have the stats here from 2020. Listen, Lamar Jackson, the passing yards was, you know, he played 15 games, but he had under 2,800 yards passing. Not really screaming, yay. He had 26 touchdowns, only nine picks. Wonderful. Exciting to good. So he's keeping the turnovers down. Uh, but now we have the rushing. Now, the picks, yes, but total overall, uh, he he had nine picks, two fumble losses, so 11 turnovers overall between uh, for Lamar Jackson. But again, um, it's the one dimensional. Like, can you make Lamar Jackson more dangerous than what he was, or sorry, that he already is? Like, he's dangerous with his legs. That, that's what it is. He's dangerous with his legs. We know what he's going to be doing. So I'm looking at past stats as well. Um, when he won uh, the year before, I believe it was the MVP of uh, the regular season that year, uh, we looked at his stats. He had over 4,300 total yards to himself. Uh, he led the team in rushing, and that's what's happening again. He's leading the team in rushing. That's what we're looking at here. And, and again, it's it's all about taking away that dimension. So two years in a row, he has led the team in rushing. Great. It's exciting to see. But again, can we see what Elsie has for him? When we look at the death chart, I'm going to pull up his wide receivers on what we have here because that's the main thing. And I'll be talking about this when I do my players to watch. You have Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman as your one, two, and three. Bateman looks like he's going to be the third option. Can Sammy Watkins, we know he can stretch the field. Marquise Brown will be your, you know, short, intermediate routes. He probably will be the go-to guy for uh, Lamar. He probably will be his number one option. Jackson or Watkins, health is always an issue. Bateman, can he be relevant? Looking at the running backs, J.K. Dobson is right now listed as number one. We see Gus Edwards, uh, Justice Hill. We'll see what happens. Tyson Williams as well. So, Running back core is okay. Uh, your backups, you have Tyler Huntley, Trace McSorley. Hopefully Harbaugh can fit them into the system well enough that they can be there. But Lamar Jackson is the focus. So we know what the offense can do. We know the offense can be great on the ground. I'm not taking away the ground game. 
it is now the passing game which needs to be focused on. And again, those guys that I mentioned, those one, two, and three receivers, you have Miles Bolkin, Tylen Wallace, uh, Devin Durnay. Um, this, this is the question that we're going to have here. What's this roster going to be like? Again, this is all gets shaped down to a smaller roster. The roster, the depth chart that I'm looking at right now is the depth chart for the preseason and how everything's going. We'll see this roster get trimmed down a little bit more. Can the defense, actually, you know, I never have a question with the defense. I'm not questioning that. I know what Marlon Humphrey can do, Marcus Peters, play as Campbell. I'm not too worried about the Ravens defense. I'm not. I know the Ravens defense is always going to come there to play. What I am worried about is the one-dimensional offense, and I know I've mentioned it before. When you're going to get into a shooting match, because again, you're here to compete with the Chiefs. That's what we're looking down at, it. the Chiefs, and Josh Allen with the Bills. We know those guys can throw the ball. Can you be able to go toe-to-toe? And that's what's going to be happening. They're going to stop the run. They're going to force you to pass. Can the passing game be relevant? Because that's what's going to be. It's great that you can throw 3,100 yards. You can have, you know, 26, 27 touchdowns. Uh, but can you be more efficient? Can you get the long ball? Can you go 350 yards in the air? Can you go 400 if needed to? Can they rely on your arm and not have to rely on your legs? Because that's what it's going to be like for the Ravens. That's what it's going to happen. That's going to be a tough matchup for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, going over to the Cleveland Browns. Browns had a great season last year. I will not take away what happened to them. I won't. They had a great, incredible season. Uh, their defense was good. Listen, Baker Mayfield played great. He got their team to the playoffs. Um, listen, they, they definitely had their chance against the Chiefs. Struggled. Um, we saw what the Chiefs were going to be able to do and go off to the Super Bowl. Um, but again, they played phenomenally well. Uh, Baker Mayfield should not take away anything. We finally got to see what the, uh, the Cleveland Browns were going to be. That's what we're saying here. We finally saw what they're going to be. And you know what? He has even better weapons. You have Austin Hooper now as your wide receiver. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is back. You still have Jarvis Landry. You still have Rashard Higgins. So definitely going to be excited to see. You have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt as your one-two punch for running back. We know how good the O-line can be. And the front four of... Cleveland is good as well. So they definitely have a good team. The question is now for this team, and I'm not going to really focus much on it because when I'm looking at it, it's now the next step. Can you go better than what you were last year, and can you be consistent? Um, Because, again, they have a better tight end. Uh, You still have Njoku, who is still going to be there as well. But can we take a step back? Are we going to see the Browns take a step back, or are we going to finally see them go forward? That's what we need to look at. Will Baker Mayfield grow? And that's the one thing we're going to see. And again, uh, this defense here for uh, Cleveland, you know, front four, Jamie Clowney, Billings, Jackson, Garrett, that's what we're going to see, that front four. Can they take it up a notch? Can we see uh, the corners uh, get there? Can we see this roster finally take that next step and grow? Because that's what it is for the Cleveland Browns is growth. That's what we want to see. That's what I'm looking at. Because, um, again, they're young. But, again, the growth, the immaturity, we've seen it there. We've seen some attitude. Can we see this team just do the next step? That's what I'm looking at here for the Browns. The Steelers, on the other hand, what, what, are, we, what are we expecting with the Steelers? 
Uh, Steelers, again, every year since they've won the Super Bowl, it seems like their mouth has been the reason why their team has lost. It has. We saw the upset against the Cleveland Browns. We saw what had happened there. But again, it was. It definitely seems like they're their own worst enemy at the end of it. Uh, Pouncey, or sorry, Pouncey has retired. Uh, is no longer playing for them. Uh, so right now, we're in a question mark of what the offensive line is going to be like. Uh, Najee Harris, the rookie running back, we'll see what he does. Uh, the wide receivers, I'm not too worried about. We know what they can do. Actually, I'll take that back. Juju Schuster-Smith, sorry, Juju Smith-Schuster, can he, you know, play the wide receiver and not worry about, you know, what's happening off the field and all that stuff? Um, again, the Steelers have been their own worst enemy. That's what we're looking at here. Can they finally get out of that and be the team that we expect? Because they technically should be the best team in this division. They should. Big Ben is. We know what he can do. They always have a strong running game. We we know what the wide receivers are. They do produce wide receivers. Uh, they've you know we've had Antonio Brown. We've had um, Sanders. Uh, we know what they can do. Sorry, Emmanuel Sanders. I struggled with that last name. We know what they've been able to do. Heinz Ward. Uh, but again, when we're looking at this this core, you have Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool. That's what we have here. Plus a James Washington as well. Tight end Eric Ebron, can he be there? But again, can this uh, offensive line protect Big Ben? And can Big Ben be healthy? That's what it's looking at here. Can Big Ben be healthy? The defense, like the Ravens, I'm never worried about because we know what they're going to be like. If you look at their core, you look at TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward. You also have Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, who they traded for. Uh, Cameron Sutton, you know, they definitely have those pieces there to help them succeed. But can this core just grow up? Question marks just like the, the Browns. Can the image can they grow from their immaturity? Can they not be their worst enemy when they run their mouths thinking that they're the their world? Because guess what? They, they've they've won a couple of Super Bowls. Big Ben has. But they also had leaders there. Can we see leadership with this team? Can JJ or TJ Watt be the leader for this team? Can we see uh, Big Ben get them to there and move past it? Can we see uh, Sch Schuster grow? That's what it is. For the Steelers, it is about the immaturity. I know what they have for talent. We do. But can they move on for what they've done in the past to just, you know, grow, be better? So we'll see. I'm also looking forward to seeing Najee Harris. I saw what he did in college with Bama. We know what he's capable of doing. A lot of people have referenced the Derrick Henry representation between the two. Can can he do that? I've seen him move the ball. We know what he's capable of doing. But, again, he, they definitely need that strong running game. We'll see what happens here. But, you know what, the Steelers, there's no reason why they can't win the North. There isn't. It is just, it's them that does it to themselves. They're shooting themselves in the foot. It's not teams beating them. It's just them shooting themselves. We know they can get to the playoffs, but can they just get out of it? Now, the Cincinnati Bengals, um, listen, offensive line has been key for the Bengals. We definitely need them to hopefully do something. That's, that's the key right here. Joe Burrow didn't complete his rookie season, which was tough. It was tough not seeing Burrow there. It, it really was. It really was not seeing Burrow there because, well, Burrow got hurt. He tore his ACL. 
definitely got his knee mangled up. And he definitely was taking a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure with his offensive line. And you would think that the Bengals would draft a line to protect that. You'd think that the Bengals would learn from the Colts when Ryan Grigson was running it that the quarterback needs to be protected. Listen, he, he has weapons. They went out and dra- drafted his former teammate, Jamar Chase, out of LSU. Uh, we'll see what happens there. You have T. Higgins, who they drafted with uh, um, Burrow at the beginning of, or sorry, during the season last year. Joe Mixon, we know he's a good running back. You have Tyler Boyd there as well, who has been, you know, a nice complimentary piece as well. So we'll see there. But it's the front five that is now my concern. Can they or will they be able to protect Burrow and get him upright? I talked about the big I talked about the front four for Cleveland. I've talked about the Steelers and the Ravens defense. We know what they're doing. You're playing that division six times. You are. You're playing that division six times. And I'm actually gonna pull up their schedule for uh, the regular season as of right now, because you know what? That's also intriguing too, because guess what? They're probably going to be facing some tough defenses. We know their defense is not going to be great, the Bengals. We know it's not going to be the best. But the question is, can Joe Burrow, you know, go up? Can we see him finally complete a full season? We do. Can we see that? Um, So right now, we're taking a look at it here. Uh, so, you got Minnesota, week one. We know what their defense can be. Chicago, you're facing Khalil Mack. So, that's going to be a struggle. Uh, back-to-back, strong defensive players. So, you have Chicago, Pittsburgh. We know that's going to be tough. Jacksonville, mm, Green Bay. Well, they drafted enough defensive players because they weren't worried about drafting offensive players for uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Detroit, and, well, Baltimore again. New York, mm, Cleveland, here you go. Vegas, Pittsburgh, um, definitely going to be interesting. You know, their offensive line may not get beaten up as much, but when you're facing your in-division, you're going to get beaten up. So it is now the question of protecting your quarterback. Can we see growth? Uh, can we see early connections between him and Chase? We know it's going to be great when you have the wide, former wide receiver and quarterback connection. So we'll see that all there. So we'll see. It's definitely going to be question marks here as we go. Uh, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see on how this uh, season turns out because it is about the matter of protecting your quarterback. It's a matter of making sure that they're okay and that they're all set and ready to go. So we will see. We will see how everything turns out going forward. But again, the Bengals, they're, they're a question mark. They're, all these teams are a question mark. Right now, the Steelers are their own worst enemy. Uh, we're also uh, knowing what the Browns are going to be. They could be one-dimensional. And the Browns, can they move up? So Ravens, it's about moving away from the one-dimension. Can the Browns grow? Can the Steelers move away from their maturities? And can we see if Joe Burrow will last the season? So a lot of question marks. Again, each piece piece has it there. So that's going to lead me into, you know, my top 10. I know usually I do 10 rankings, but tonight it's basically 10 players or kind of 10 groups to watch players or groups. That's how I should word it. 10 players or little groups uh, for the AFC North. That's what I'm looking at here. So some of them I've already mentioned. That's what I'm looking at here. There's players in here. There's a lot of question marks, and I kind of hinted at some of them when I talked about it. 
but definitely a lot of questions for the AFC North. But here is my 10 players or groups to watch in the AFC North. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, going off, we're going to talk with Najee Harris, the first-round pick out of Alabama for Pittsburgh. I'm looking forward to see what he can do. I talked about earlier what he was able to do in college. Can he be a force to reckon with for the Steelers? And can he be like a leader for them as well, what they're going to need? Uh, but again, they're going to be facing some tough defenses. I mentioned you know, Cleveland in that front four. I mentioned Baltimore and the battles that they have between them. They are going to be facing Cincinnati, but they do have those matchups as well in the regular season. So we'll see what we can, we'll see if he can be the top running back or can he be in that top 10 uh, for rushing? Can he get them the yards, get them those key downs? We know that he can, you know, move around, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see, especially in those divisional matchups. Uh, going with my next, we're looking at the wide receiver core of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we're looking at, I talked about them earlier, Brown, Watkins, and uh, Bateman. Can those guys be a factor? Can the game call be a factor for the wide receivers? We know the Browns, Brown is going to be the main target. We know that Watkins can stretch it, uh, and Bateman's going to be just like a third option. But again, he should be those short to intermediate routes kind of in the slot. But can we see that there? Can we see those wide receivers be a factor as well? So that's going to be key, especially watching those three players. Next, Joe Burrow. I talked about it earlier. Can we see him complete the full season? Are we actually going to finally see what Joe Burrow was all the hype about when he came out with LSU? That's a big one because he started off good, but again, he's going to have to throw the ball, give up, just go down and just take a sack, not sacrifice the body. He has to learn from what happened with Andrew Luck earlier on because that can be the defining moment of a career. And we saw what happened with Luck. Can Burrow just protect himself and just make sure that he's protecting the team as well because he is key for that Bengals success or at least growth as they build up their future. Now, uh, my next player, Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, why am I bringing him up here? Great wide receiver, talented, the number one option. Uh, can he expand more? Can we see him grow up as well? We saw what had happened between or just before the Browns play, uh, playoff game last year, and we saw what happened as a result. I talked about the Steelers being their own worst enemy. Can we see that Schuster-Smith can make sure that he grows and be that guy that can be a leader? Can we see that? Can we see him move away from that? So that's a big question. TJ Watt, can he just be the best defensive player in the league? That Can that be it? Can he just get out of his brother's shadow? Can he just be the most dominating player there? That would be great. Because you know what? He has his brother that's there. He's still a force. You have Aaron Donalds. You have those linebackers. You have a lot of players that are out there. But can he just be the number one force, TJ Watt? That's what I'm looking at here. Uh, my next, the Cincinnati O-line. That's, and I talked about it, can those front five be a factor? And can they keep an upright? Can they reduce the sacks? Can they just per give that right protection for Joe, Joe Burrow? We want to see what Burrow can do. And that's the thing, right? They didn't get any really, they got some offensive uh, linemen in the regular season, which is good. Um, sorry, in the, not the regular season, in the off season, and addressed it some in the draft. But can we see that happen? Can we see what we're going to expect with this team? So it definitely is going to be 
Uh, exciting to see what this team can do. Can we can we see that? Can we see what this offensive line can do to protect Joe Burrow? Uh, going with the front four uh, with the Cleveland Browns, Clowney, Jackson, Billing, and Garrett. Can they be an unstoppable force? Can they pressure the quarterbacks? Can they make teams one-dimensional? They're definitely going to be a big factor for the Browns. And I think that's going to growth to happen too. We know what they're all capable of. We know what Clowney can do, but can that front four be a factor for the Browns? Now, why not talk about the quarterbacks? Can we see what Big Ben can do? He's definitely my number three on my list of 10 to watch. Um, but can, can we see Big Ben be healthy? Can we see him grow? Remember, this is now 17 games. Uh, can we see the Big Ben that we've seen that helped them get their teams to the Super Bowl? Can we see that Big Ben? Can he be healthy for the full games? And can he be consistent? Uh, and can this team, again, grow and move forward? Baker Mayfield, it's all about growth for Baker, but I am looking forward to see what he can do with a fully healthy team around him with those running backs with that wide receiver core with that uh, Austin Hooper uh, that they signed and my number one which I kind of do want to watch is Lamar Jackson that's what it is that's what I'm looking at here Lamar Jackson can he move out of the one-dimensional can that's that's what it's going to be as much as it's great that he had 26 passing touchdowns last year um, in the total TDs and everything that he is a big factor. I'm not taking away what he does for the offense, but it, when it's now time to start passing the ball, that can, can he give you that 350, 450, close to 500 yards? They're going to need it when you go and shoot, because again, you're facing an offensive power like the Chiefs. You're going to be facing uh, the Bills as well. The Steelers can throw the rock around. Uh, Burrow can throw the rock around. Uh, and we also know uh, what Cleveland can do as well. You're passing a game. Your passing game has to be a factor. I know a lot of people are like, well, it's the way the offense is. That's what it is. The three wide receivers that I talked about and talking about the Browns being one-dimensional is a big factor. That's what it's looking at here. So can Lamar Jackson grow? Can he be more of a passing quarterback? I know he can throw it. I'm not arguing that he can't. I'm arguing that the fact that he's going to need to neglect the yards on his with his feet because they're going to build around that. They're going to try and contain him, and it's going to be a factor of can you control it. The Bills, Chiefs, the Steelers can throw the rock around. A lot of teams, they're, they're going to be focusing on that passing because, again, you get them down to one. You just have Lamar Jackson just out of his element. That's what it's going to be, and that's what we need to see from the Ravens this season is a passing attack, a more effective passing attack. So again, just to go over uh, who I looked over uh, with the 10, so number 10, Najee Harris, number 9, the wide receiver core of the Ravens, 8, Joe Burrow, 7, Juju Smith-Schuster, 6, TJ Watt, 5, the Cincinnati Bengals O-line, uh, number 4, the front 4 of the Cleveland Browns, uh, number 3, Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, number two, Baker Mayfield, and number one, Lamar Jackson. All pieces that you kind of want to watch out of the AFC North because we want to see what they're going to be capable of doing. Uh, so that's my AFC North coverage. Monday, I'll be doing the NFC North. So I'll be discussing that. We'll see what Detroit's going to be like, the Packers. We also have Chicago and Minnesota. So those are going to be some 
fun teams to talk about. So I'll be alternating every episode between AFC and NFC. And then next Saturday, I'll be kicking off with uh, AFC East. So I'll be discussing that as well. So I'll remind that on Monday. So the North, NFC North on Monday, AFC East next Saturday. So looking forward to all of that. So definitely excited to see that. Uh, so that is it for tonight's episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, definitely a busy one. Catching up with the NFL, talking a little bit pre uh, English Premier League, the excitement of having Chris Sale back from my Boston Red Sox. It was exciting watching Man U get their first W today and just excited to see football is back. So again, I'll be going back to my coverages. Picks, again, I'll just recap my picks. I'm going with the Colts, Man City, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and the Dodgers. I'll discuss those on Monday. Let's hope for a 5-0. But uh, definitely going to be a busy weekend. I'll recap the first weekend a little bit more in depth of uh, NFL preseason. I'll catch up on the remainder of the matches for English Premier League, as well as talk about the final round and the winner of the Wyndham Championship and much, much more. So I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. I hope you guys have a great Saturday night. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast.